This time on TNT. How tall are celebrity masks? Did Def Leppard use 187 backup vocalists? And is it possible that 1983 is the best year ever for music? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Hey, bud. There he is. Guess what, 1983, it's episode 283, but 83 had some classics, including this safety dance. (laughs) Maybe the best year in music history, if you listen closely. (laughs) Okay, wait, what version of the the song is is this? This is the, the dance remix. Which has all the stuff, <laughs> the original <laughs> remix, which I thought didn't exist with these parts, but it actually, they are that ridiculous. Okay, but tell the buds how you found out that there yeah, was a Bud dance Yeah, Bud texted, uh, t- DM'd on the TNT account saying, hey, check the scene in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> and that's in the background of the scene when they find out it's actually 1980-whatever. That's the background tra- track and is is the Safety Dance remix. In Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> In Hot Tub Time Machine. So I, was, I thought it was pretty funny that, that uh, it reminded me back that, that, well, it just made truth that that's the real parts of the song. I thought that was just like so kind of like, I don't know, 8-bit music styles. Like, let's just come up with something while we're taking a loaf. i'm sure that's how the conversation went so did they make the remake of that song for hot tub time machine no that was came out in the 80s so in that scene everything is authentically 80s including that song the the safety dance remix do i need to see that movie well this is not 1983 jams and that came out that year I know, but do I have to see Hot Tub yeah. Time Machine? It sounds yeah, like right up my do. alley. I think you do, definitely, yeah, for sure. And seeing that clip, I was like, I remember seeing that movie and going kind of, ah, you know, but I mean, maybe because it's been, the last two years have been such a bummer with not really comedies that, that are out. I saw the clip and I was like, it, I, it was pretty funny how legitimate the... Uh, them looking around and it's like it actually is the 80s mm-hmm. like they slowly start to figure out like wait a second why <laughs> why is everybody dressed like this is this... <laughs> and looking at the tv and it's like david bowie doing an mtv commercial <laughs> you know like it's everything is 1984 vibes so <laughs> eventually they're like oh my god what the hell's going on man i need to see that it's so ridiculous that it's like a hot tub and they get in it and everything changes (laughs) like that's pretty dumb but uh uh, yeah it's worth a a watch for sure for a laugh i found especially (laughs) as things are so nutty now to watch nostalgic movies like you were saying You've been watching a lot of yeah. game shows from the 80s and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's comfort yeah. food, man. It's a grilled it cheese is. and tomato soup. 
For sure, man. It really is. It's a, it's escape at its best. And then, uh, I mean, if you're talking about music in 1983, there's so many like, like uh, Uptown Girl. <laughs> it's a great song. That was a massive. Like, if you think of just hits, okay, and then Hungry Like the Wolf. Unbelievable song. And the Sticks. Mr. Roboto. I mean, it, it might not be your favorite jam, but like... <laughs> it was a hit song, and it was big, right? Dude, it, w it was huge. I remember listening to Mr. Roboto on a ghetto blaster during recess at Sherwood Elementary School. It's like a rock, one of those goes all over the different, there's movements in it. Here we go. Yeah, it's got a queen energy, right? Well, it's, I guess it's their chip away at, pop, at prog rock. I don't know. Okay, they also had this classic. Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ Top. Not a fan. No, that's not my point, really. That song was big, is what I'm saying. It was very big. Especially not a fan them of the, that song. Them Same at the side of the road with the point in the fingers. Yeah. And it was always like women getting out of the car with them, like all greasy. Yeah, I was never really a fan of ZZ Top for some reason. <laughs> well, why would you be, honestly? <laughs> it's like, if, if you're into, like, all these, like, pop jams and, like, other songs and New Wave, and then there's these three dudes in a 50s car with, like, dirgy rocks, disco beats. Did Synchronous right? come out in 83? Like, it's, I like ZZ Top. I think great, uh, they were great. And uh, Billy Gibbons is great, but still, yeah, I got gotcha. you. What'd you say? Did what come out? Did Synchronicity come out in 83? Yeah, there's a, some good uh, police records out. Well, there's Je Jeopardy. Remember that song? There's also, like... like what? No, I remember the Weird Al parody, but I don't remember the actual song. Culture Club, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? I mean, that was a jam. <laughs> Boy George, man, that guy was massive. Yeah, Synchronicity came out on June 17th, 1983. My sister Come was on, into Eileen. the police in a big way, so that's what I listened to as well. Come on, Eileen sweet, was a jam and a half. Sweet, sweet dreams, like by Eurythmics. Eurythmics. That's peak, like. That was big. That's peak Sam on video hits years. Yeah, how about the Total Eclipse of the Heart? <laughs> yeah, banger. <laughs> Great song. It's kind of like Meatloaf vibes. Did Against All Odds right? come out in 83? No, it was 84. Did Todd Rundgren produce that? No. How about... Uh, Billy Jean is, is, is also... Man, 83 had some bangers. It's a lot. It's a lot of hits in one year. 
It's a lot. A lot I mean, of songs even, that we even, still play. Even David Bowie had this. Let's dance. Yeah. Right? Are you a Bowie fan? Little known fact, I don't know if you know this, but you know Stevie Ray Vaughan's playing guitar on this? No way. Yeah. You can kind of tell whenever you hear it. With that cold, steely tone. So this is sax off the top here. Let's get to this guitar. Here we go. Here starts. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> it's like just do something over this. <laughs> Isn't that funny? How it, you you hear it when you hear that guy on there. You're like, oh, he's he's literally probably just gone over it a couple times. Okay, roll it. Let's do it. I was thinking about this the other day. If you're at the top of your game in pop music, and another artist that is maybe on the way down is like, we should do a collaboration, it must be really uncomfortable if you're like, no, man. Well, if you're trying to... Well, that's kind of what everything now is. You mean like featuring other artists on on songs? Yeah, yeah. Just so like getting younger... So Kid Leroy is this uh, big pop artist right now. He comes out with a couple bangers, and then Justin yeah. Bieber's like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, collab on one with you," and that's yeah. probably an example where he was like, "Sure, that would be great." But in some cases, I bet someone's like, "Yeah, like, like Journey would be like, yeah, we we should do a thing." Like if you if you don't want to, how do you say that? Well, I think nowadays everyone's doing it so much, collaborating, that you kind of have to, in a sense. You and can't say no, uh, it's rude. There's probably lots of saying no going on. That's because it's happening so much. But back in the day, it was more kind of low-key, where it's like, you don't even know it until you somebody tells you. Like, you wouldn't... Like, I don't remember everybody saying that Brian Adams is on Don't Forget Me When She's Gone. Like, it's a part, like, wasn't in this song featuring Brian Adams, right? It never was. Or was Rod Stewart on My Town yeah. with Glass Tiger. Yeah. You just kind of hear them all of a sudden burling in there. So, how does that work? Like, if you're Brian Adams, or let's say Rod Stewart, and you're doing a Glass Tiger song, do you charge? Or you're like, you know what, man, I'll do that for No, free. usually it's like, ah, I just poked my head in the studio and did the click. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were across the hall, one of those stories. Popped in and did it. Did you guys have lunch. any like, yeah, Alanis actually sings backups on uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, not, not to my knowledge, but I know like we had... Uh, we use like samples, like we have collapse on, I think innocent that are from the same claps from we will rock you like the same exact sample no way <laughs> yeah stuff like that bob rock had like all the raw stuff like all these classic 
samples of like how didn't songs. they say all the audience laugh tracks are from the sixties? Like still to this well, day, they general. use the same recordings. Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. one guy like. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is just like, from 1947. Yeah. And when it's really bad, like the Big Bang Theory, you can tell they're just pounding every two seconds. We often, when we're driving somewhere in the car, everyone gets to pick a song, so you go around the horn. But today. Indigo's like, you know what, Daddy? Why don't you pick the music for this drive? I was like, all right. So I feel pressure to um, instill them with as much music knowledge and history as possible. So we went down a Beatles wormhole, and I was, uh, you know, playing from their earliest stuff and their most complicated stuff. And um, I was playing A Day in the Life. And you know how George Martin told everyone in the orchestra to play the lowest note in their instrument to the highest note over whatever it is, yeah. 16 bars or something. Yeah. 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 It, it's so exciting when something like that lands and they're like, that is, that's cool. You can hear him counting it in the background. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's like, four. <laughs> like he's got it. Cause they only had so many tracks. So when they were doing that, he had to count. So you can hear him counting like, so it works out or whatever. Yeah, they did so much like ridiculous stuff back in the day for like for loops, for example, you know, like that song Money on Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Like the don't bang, don't go dang, dong, slang, slang. So like all that, those sound of loop, the change and all that. They use that by like taking mic stands and from the tape machine, elongating the, the, the tape reel around all these mic stands. So the loop in seven, it had to be in seven, four time, which is an odd time signature. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like, it's an, so the loop goes around the room and they played to it, right? No way. Yeah. Like, so many ridiculous things back in the day when they were cutting tape and making it work just from tape reels. How do you know Pretty what 7-4 cool. time is if you're self-taught? Like, that's that's well, you, intense theory, isn't it? Well, you hear the riff that... Like, the riff, like you, you hear whatever the riff is and you get used to that that uh cycle of time coming around again right so you literally just uh you have to just get used to it yeah even if you uh know the know it technically and understand the time signature or what it is it's still you have to get your head around it with a feel and you have to be able to play it right in that regard and odd time signatures you generally have to have like it has to be kind of a hooky thing in your head like um i don't know like take five by dave brubeck it's like boom ding do ding 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 like you it has to be kind of a hooky thing that you can feel right if it's not 
it's like one, two, three, four, five, and, and, and just there's not a something to hang your hat on rhythmically, then it's a lot more difficult. But anyway, uh, it's just interesting how people used to use whatever they could to, to make loops, the beginning of what became loops and sounds and the synthesizers and all the different echoes and reverbs and so do crazy. you when you're drumming do you count in your head no you just feel feel the uh cycles of time but you're not actually counting numbers you're not going one no. two three four five six seven one no two, you just feel you either learn the structure from playing it a lot or you feel if like if you don't know the the structure a lot you have to know how many measures there are so you just feel like four bars I can kind of feel if it's going to repeat a few times I can feel the the, the repeating four bars in my head you know what I mean like I can feel that cycle so I don't have to think about the individual bars I can kind of feel the bigger ones is that innate or is that something learned I think you have to play a lot to, to start to have that feeling of longer time because if you're just sitting on a practice pad, like four, four bars as opposed to eight bars or sixteen, it doesn't. Everything's a lot smaller because you're not really playing long patterns. But once you start playing sections of songs and things where you're repeating the same groove for thirty-two, sixty-four bars, whatever, you start to feel instead of every four, every sixteen, or every thirty-two is kind of a cycle that you feel, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that comes with just kind of playing a long time. Crazy. But it that helps though. Because otherwise you are kind of scared in terms of how long stuff is. <laughs> you know, usually you'll remember like okay, there's like four 16s uh and then there's like two because one of them has a weird ending or it's going into another part or whatever. You so you remember that little section of change that happens after four repeats or something, two repeats of 16 or 32. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about right now? I know. It's so inside baseball, but it's also really interesting. Um, <laughs> one of your other interests is golf. I had an interesting experience today um, at the airport. I took a flight to Chicago, and yeah. there was a, a group of girls who were Wisconsin softball players, and then there was a group of dudes who were Notre Dame golf team guys, like wearing their Notre nice. Dame whatever yep. uniforms. Mm -hmm. And one of the Notre Dame guys was like, hey, are you, uh, you're that guy from Mr. D, right? And of of the oh, things nice. I've done, that's not something I get recognized for very often. Yeah. Uh, and I said, yeah, I am. And the guy said, oh, uh, I'm from Truro. No way. I was way. like, no way. So his name is Owen Mullen. Um, talked to him for 20 minutes. He's a freshman on the Notre Dame golf team. He's from Truro. Good for him. His home wow. club is Truro Golf Club. And yeah. as a freshman, they have to qualify. To um, to get to play in the tournaments. There are nine guys on the team and only five get to play in the tournaments. He's qualified already. He's playing um, in the tournaments for Notre Dame. So you can imagine I had like 7,000 questions for him. Like, how does that work? Do you get 
scouted or recruited or do you have to try out or do they just go by your numbers? Um, so one of the coaches is from uh, Canada, Toronto. And so mm-hmm. Owen was on his radar and he came to watch him play a couple times and Owen's really ranked high in uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, he's played with Pendy a couple times. Nice. Um, Did he play in that tournament that was there recently with the uh, Canadian Tour? Was th- wasn't that at the Truro Golf Club last year or the year before? Oh, yeah, right. Where was he? He was yeah. in Enfield or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't isn't know if he played in that. I don't know if he played in that. He's a freshman, okay. so he's 18 years old. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. He was scouted by five schools and picked Notre Dame in part because um, their athletic program is so good. And I was like, what is life like for uh, an athlete at that level? And he said, basically, we go to school Monday to Thursday, and then we travel every weekend. And you think about... moving around. I was actually saying this to him, like, you come from a place like Truro where the golf season is two months long. Imagine the head start that guys that grew up in Florida have. So the fact that he came from Truro and is doing really well on the Notre Dame team says a lot about his talent, yeah. And he, it does, for sure. He, he said he was, like, really into it from the time he was, like, eight years old, like, really um, committed to going to school in mm-hmm. the States. Um, so I was just Googling him, and he's, like, the number two ranked player in Canada for the class of 2021. There you go. So he's, let's keep an eye on him. I know. And I said, are you going to the show? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I think I am. That's right. He's, he's going. That's it. That's good. I love it. But what an interesting life for an athlete i was like does the golf team at notre dame have like big man on campus kind of swag and he's like well honestly the football team is really good so those dudes do but it it surprised me only eight thousand people go to notre dame and Mm -hmm. um the golf team is also pretty good so he's like we we do okay you know but on weekends when they go like to orlando to practice um they keep it pretty low-key he said the mm-hmm. coaches expect a lot of us, and we have to do our studies. And if your GPA drops, like you're off the team, so it's wow. pretty serious business. They don't get to um, get loose the way you might expect. Well, good for him. Let's hope he keeps burling on up the charts. I'll say, I love meeting um, youngsters who are focused and uh, have big dreams. It's great. How about this jam from 1983? Standout Ballet, true. <laughs> Later <laughs> remixed by uh, Don. Don, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Camera pans, Memory cocktail glass behind a blind of plastic plants. Never in one sentence has more of a scene been set. This was true. a super turbo jam. Like maybe the sock hop at Sherwood Elementary School. Songs like freaking like seven minutes. That is some weird time signatures too. Yeah, there's like a little breakdown at the beginning. This is the music of my people, big time. This dramatic singing never did it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I just always thought it was funny for some reason. I don't know why. It's the extra air dump, the soul. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just something, something about it. 
Same with, same with like, I don't know, like uh, in the news last week, there was this, uh, Eddie Vedder was talking about how he went to, uh, like he couldn't handle Motley Crue in the 80s. And I was like, I, I know that feeling, like, because I just thought it was, they were cheesier. There's cringiness to the like, girls, 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 and smoking in the boys. Like there was like a. Kind of like the headbanger dude at your school that's like hacking darts and not paying attention. Like that to me, like, I'm like, why would you want to celebrate that? Well, I think... And I, anyway, Eddie Vedder said that in the press that I, like he never got Motley Crue and he was glad that, I guess, kind of Kurt Cobain, in a sense, single-handedly ended that kind of hair rock with the, you know, going out with lipstick and hair puffed up and sprayed and eye makeup and going out there and just drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels and like just <laughs> getting all banged up and smashing your hotel room and doing mm -hmm. rails all night like it's just whatever salad man <laughs> you know what I mean so like uh the, they came back, Motley Crue got all pissed off, and Nicky Six was like, oh, they're just boring band anyway. And one funny thing he did is to mention, he's like, well, they're just a brown-haired band for brown-haired fans. And I was like, that's pretty funny, man. <laughs> Calling them brown hair rock. Like, Bunch that's, of brown hairs. <laughs> brown hair rock. Like, the weirdest diss ever. That's pretty good, man. That's all pretty solid by Nicky Six. <laughs> Brown hair band. <laughs> it's such a weird diss, but oddly accurate. It stings, though, yeah, because it's true. Did you say it stings? Yeah. It's fair. It's like, it's like when the first time I heard Mad at Your Dad rock when someone was talking about Mitt Nickelback. Like, just the phrase, mad at your dad, Rock, like, it it really kind of stings, like, if it's true, you know what I mean? Like, if you have, like, four songs going off about how much of your dad's <laughs> dick. <laughs> but at the same time, like, <laughs> Def Leppard, that, that's, they're what? sort of in the same category, but that music really resonated yeah. with me. Well, Def Leppard, yeah, look, Photograph is 1983, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's Mutt Lang, right? So that's different. Like, that was really, uh, really heavy-duty pop songs and hooky, too. Oh, interesting. And they weren't, like, they were kind of like pop ACDC, in a sense, right? With huge choruses right with like 48 people on backup vocals right yeah. <laughs> I just texted you a picture of Joe Elliott from Duck Leopard lately listen that's not many people singing this part here. <laughs> There's like 40, 47 people. <laughs> 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 
like, no wonder it sounds like a party. It's like, arena rock, let's, yeah, because, like, like it'll sound normal when the whole crowd's singing along. <laughs> you could never recreate that with two dudes and Mike. <coughs> <laughs> no. Imagine the tracks. It's like two boards connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's like mixing down seven vocal tracks to one track. <laughs> ah! And then having like 20 of those. I just texted like, you a picture of Joe Elliott that we have to use for this week's episode. Okay. Face like a half caramel. Big, God love him. Big, with the big, like, super six-pack, no shirt on? No, that's Phil Collin. <laughs> oh, that's right. I read his autobiography. He's, like, <laughs> vegan and stuff. Um, yeah. This guy is the he's singer. Like... <laughs> no, Joe Elliott. Yeah. yeah, I know. He's looking a little bit... A little Merle bit Haggard. Little bloody, bloody, Mer- bloody Mary Mornings. But there's... Um, <laughs> those songs resonated for me in my early teens they got me fired up like uh going to soccer games and stuff like i listened to them a lot yeah that those couple records like motley crew was funny but def leppard was like yeah pyromania and hysteria those two records probably right hysteria is a great song yeah that those are the those ones, they both, they got so, like, it's so thick. Yeah, it's thick. And love. Thick as a brick. Love hurts? Love bites. Love, love, but, yeah, love yeah. bites. Which is like the ultimate. Slow dancing to love that's bites? Like, no, that's like the, the, the ultimate, like, strip joint jam. <laughs> In the 80s. <laughs> yeah, when sure. was that? When was love bites? <laughs> That was well, nine, I don't, eh, no, 80. <clears throat> it's like a year before or after 83, literally. When you make love. Let me see. I'll get it going for you. We've, we, we've had fun with that because it's... Oh, that was 87. Yeah, well, it's definitely a, a Donovan joint, right? For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, this has got more uh, bo- more production. It was later in the so 80s. no, the, yeah. So this one has even more backups, right? Like even even the guitar sounds like there's like four of them. Well, we've done this with Phil at our live shows. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's up with the... I want to hear once once everything kicks in here. Yeah, it's a slow burn here. Yeah, here we go. The eight vocals. (laughs) It's like 60 dudes doing backup. Yeah, already. Yeah, there's like 17 vocals just on this, and this is the verse, right? Yeah, now that's it's not cool. even the chorus. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings army 
like, <laughs> <laughs> like from the top of the mountain when it shows everybody <laughs> coming like that's how many people are singing right now <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Rings army. <laughs> you just like a sea of orcs. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, man. They, that 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 was a. Uh, that's some production right there. I'll say. Let's take a break, bud. Yeah, let's take a break. Hey, rip, hey, rip. Another 1983 jam. Blue-eyed soul, man. And little little uh, John Oates. Does Daryl Hall get the credit he deserves? Yeah, sure he does. But does John Oates? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John Oates does. I think these guys are getting more cred than ever. Because of the resurgence of Yacht Rock. And Listen to this right like, here, though. Listen to this line. Second, they just did another double verse here. <laughs> you think he ever told John to get lost? Like, I'm just going to do this. Go, go home. Just take it back to that first line. I don't know what you mean. Like in the verse? Yeah, take it back 20 seconds. Okay. Right here. (laughs) Even that line, the sneaky runs in there. Oh yeah, lots of vibes. He's feeling it. Great singer. Great singer. What do you think the dynamic is between Hall and Oates? I don't know, man. Probably fine. They still do stuff together, I think. But do you think Oates was ever like, you know what? I'm going to do a solo record. Yeah, for sure. But what would that even be? I could see him be like, fuck you, I'm out. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Go ahead. He's just going to just do it, being Oates. (laughs) <laughs> like so it's It'll a record with just backup singing and <laughs> be oats over here <laughs> oh like, can still play <laughs> would you buy oats an oats record st- i don't well okay here let me see if there's john oats jams here <laughs> give him john oats john oats like the, the john, john oats, oats solo project <laughs> Yeah, man, he's got songs. No. Here we go. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's go. It's Sugarland all over again. Well, hold on. I don't want to. Like, there's a lot of uh, sketchy. Okay, are these real records or. <laughs> I really want to hear an Oats song. I want to hear one like the old. I guess. There's no melody, just harmonies. Okay, hold on. This is 70s. Oh no, this isn't this isn't him. That's Hall and Oates. This is just like it's Hall and Oates. Is what I'm saying. I'm trying to find one just him. 
Okay, this is him, but this isn't... Uh... <laughs> to be fair, this is from the 2002... Nice little uh, riff there. Alright, it's that kind of music. It's Who's singing like, that? I think that's Oats. Okay. I'd buy that. Red is the color of love. Babbit cut gonna make it with the baby like it's kind of like if you walk into a bar somewhere and that's what's on there it's like these guys are pretty good hey sounds great that kind of stuff you know what i mean i do i buy the oats record that one color of of love is that what it's called yeah you wouldn't buy that so I'm in uh, a suburb of Chicago. I'm staying at the Herring Bone, Harrington Inn and Spa. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's a 40-minute drive from the airport. I'm doing a show. So it's got... Yeah. And so it's, a, it's one of those places where everything's in the hotel. No, it's not at all. It's the Harrington Inn and Spa, and it's one of those maps with brass beds, and there's a fireplace in my room. Oh, okay. And uh, I went down to the um, bar, and the woman working there was very kind and recommended a rye I should try. And it's called Angel and Envy. And I got a two-banger to take up to my room, and I think she poured them really <laughs> stiff. Oh, they're stiff. So it's a, They're stiffies. Could be, a, could be like a six-banger. Yeah, it's like a six-banger. But there were just two of them. So Angels and Envy is a really nice rye. And I said, can I have uh, Angels and Envy and Diet Coke? And she was like, I don't think you want to do that. And I was like, uh, why? And she said, well, to be honest, it's a really nice rye. And you're kind of ruining it with Diet Coke. <laughs> but you're like, <laughs> well, I, was like well, I know. Every, we all know that. Everybody knows that. I was like, I want to appear fancy, but also show you my true colors. Yeah. So you got to break it down with something. So yeah. what did you do? Just pour a Coke in it when you got back to the room? No, no, she did it. Oh, okay. Because I, I just came clean. I was like, I know. I, I want to take something really nice and then yeah. ruin it. It's okay. So you can see who I am. No, exactly. But you also, you, you don't want to do the big hot rocks, right? It's just ripping it off the rocks. Gibraltar, one big chunk <laughs> of ice. The big gut. Big burning throat. Gak. Gak. Gork gak it down. <laughs> I like the resurgence of Gork Gak coming back on Twitter. It has happened, hasn't it? To R- Ricky. Well, I just remembered how ridiculous that was by seeing it again. Of the uh, Gork Gak. Getting Gork Gacked. Um, and just so the buds uh, have the scene set, it's Super Bowl yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, and you watched the halftime show. How was it? It was good. Uh, the Rams won, the L.A. Rams. But uh, the ha- the halftime show was like Dr. Dre and kind of, I guess, 
I don't know, I guess Brett artists that he kind of brought out in a sense in terms of either of producing them or helping them get produced or being a big part of their first whatevers. And so it was like obviously Snoop Dogg, uh, Mary J. Blige, uh, Eminem, uh, 50 Cent, and Kendrick Lamar, if I'm not, I think that was was everybody. So was yeah, it a so basically, crazy medley? Just, yeah, it was a big crazy med, medley and uh, showing this, the span, I guess, of Dre's production career, in a sense. So yeah, it was good. It was... It was uh, entertaining, you know, half as a halftime show should be, and uh, it was nice to hear those songs because they're all good jams, and that's you know what I mean. Anderson Pack was playing drums there. Oh, that really? Was cool. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of really cool moments. There's another great kind of live band. I don't know who was playing in the live band. Oats. If it was Kendrick Lamar's <laughs> band, yeah, Oats. But still, it was uh, it was a great show and uh, probably one of the better ones I've seen for sure. People were saying, and and this is just a, a little poll on social media, but it seemed like people thought Prince was the best ever, and this yeah. is the second best, <clears throat> but close. Yeah, Prince is always going to be the best, no matter what, and I agree. You can't top a Prince performance. I'm going to throw out a sneaky, surprising halftime show. Bruno Mars. Did you like that one? Yeah. Wasn't that with someone else? Mm, Can't remember. I can't even. But I also know Lady Gaga I thought was incredible, and I I wouldn't classify myself as a little monster or whatever her fans are, but, but I thought... Uh, for energy and enthusiasm that was and creativity yeah. that was pretty great well i mean honestly everybody's great at these things now there's so much production that happens now it's kind of it's it's uh they're always entertaining so what do you want right it's good people dig that stuff the big fancy headlining stuff have a good headlining laugh and enjoy it headlining music you know what I mean? And then you watch the commercials with all the headliners in it. Like, that's the only thing that's... Remember back in the day when it was like, wow, Michael Jackson walking down a set of stairs. That was like the big $30 million yeah. commercial. <laughs> and that, because like, wow, it's it's a totally normal commercial, but because it's a superstar in it. Like Cindy Crawford at the pop machine, remember? Yeah, like, huge. Yeah. Now it's like they... It's, it's like these superstars but they're doing something too now they have to it can't just be the fact that it's seth rogan eating uh, doritos on the couch seth rogan has to be like you know on the side of a of a building in like a marvel type thing you know what i mean it's it's so over the top is that actually one no but i'm just saying like the the uh production values in the commercials it's not just enough to have a superstar in the commercial it has to be some hook to it as well yeah i didn't see i don't i, I didn't like I, they don't show you all the good commercials up here and we get the bloxies so you end up seeing the same 10 like cibc 
Excuse me, CIBC ads or whatever. I saw one, I think, Arnold Schwarzenegger as like uh, Thor or a god. I don't know. That one was all right. But still, like, exactly. Like, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, uh, throwing electricity around like it's you no know, big deal with his fingertips. <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. The the ads now have to be out of control. Like, Well, plus, they kind of crypto. released them a it few days the, beforehand. It was all crypto again, probably, right? Yeah, Bitcoin crypto. ads. <laughs> How's your crypto doing, bud? Haven't looked in weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't even looked. I don't know. Do you want me to look right now? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's that easy? You just look? Yeah. Well, you download the app, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and every day... Dude, buy the dip, bro. Buy the dip. Every day I get like, uh, hey, just so you know, this is really... Um, you should buy this right now. Oh, it's up a bit. There you go. It's oh, up it's a up a bit. It's up a bit. What is it? Is it the Urethanium or is it like the Bitcoin or is no, it I'm one down. of those ones? Uh, overall, oh, I'm down. down. Um, but I bought some Ethereum. Yeah, Ethereum. Yeah, and, yeah, and I bought some yeah. uh, uh, Ripple. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and you got like a a two and a half percent of an ape NFT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That just cost a hundred k, but um, yeah. I have a, every reason to believe it's <laughs> going like, to go through the roof. There's like seven, like the size of a of a king mattress of hard drives just burling now, too. Yeah, just because of the transaction. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so They're abstract. The more, the more I try to understand it, the less I know about it, to be honest. Have you been watching I've the Olympics? Like, I've had some people like, hey, dude, you want to find out about this? And they start talking about it, and I know a lot, it makes less sense. But what what were you saying? The Olympics? Have I been watching that? Yeah. A little bit. I, uh, I mean, I can't believe the... Uh, the jumps, man, like the snowboarding. It's like, remember when you're a kid playing video games of the snowboarding games back in the day? Now that's what the real snowboarding is. I know. Where they're flying in the air like it's so far. It looks so dangerous that it's like, I can't believe it. Everything. I know. The and amount, the, the difference. We're watching the, the, the uh, women's ski jumping. Yeah. And yeah. then they're like, oh, yeah, she's 17. Yeah. What? No, I know. How do you figure you can do that by 17 yeah, like, years well, old? You're at like the Red Bull camp where you're doing it into like a huge, massive thing of foam bit cubes. <laughs> one of those deals, like for 10, 10 hours a day. <clears throat> That's how it is, I guess, right? I don't know. At the. At the pipe, working it. I don't know how you get that far by 17. I know, right? Because it's one of those things where you have to get hurt before you get good, in a sense, if you're falling a bit. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, 
I got a cast on my leg here because I was trying to do this really hard move. So I'm going to get back at it in six weeks. Well, I think about that with figure skating. Right, yeah. Like, how many doubles do you not land before you actually land one? I know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, what I don't understand is, like, how it get, they just can get better and better and better. <laughs> like, I saw, I saw some dude ripping down a hill on... The racing, like in 1976, you know, like this, just burling down the hill. It was like color, but it's like his legs were flying. He was like barely staying up, going up like every corner, like fly, like looked like he was about to fall off the whole time. You know what I mean? Like one leg's way higher than the other down a hill. And then the other one, he's like skidding across and like literally like. As if you just had never done it before and you're going down the hill. But if you fall, you die and you can't stop. Like, you have that's to be fearless. <laughs> yes. Like, but now you see them going down. They're, they're not really moving as much. The speed is more, though. But back in the day, the skis are all moving around and the boots look like they're like getting loose. Poles Alberto Tomba. Remember La Bamba? <laughs> Or Steve Podborski. There are a few like Eddie the Eagle Edwards. Do you remember the Olympics where Eddie the Eagle yeah. Edwards? He was the where only was ski sleeping. jumper from England. Yeah, and he was sleeping under the under the jump. Yeah, remember? and he was terrible Because he didn't have a room. Yeah, he was no good at all. What do you mean he didn't well, have was... a room? Yeah, I remember like he didn't have a room book, so he was sleeping under the ramp. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe that's where he did that back home or some, something ridiculous. There's a movie about him. Eddie the Eagle? Yeah. John Oates did the yeah. soundtrack for it. John Oates did it, yeah. <laughs> John Oates. John Oates had a fall in the mid-80s after a split with... with uh, Daryl Hall. Daryl Hall, and he was stealing hubcaps in Chicago until 1989 when he reconvened. By the way, you should not feel bad for John Oates. <laughs> Yeah, John no Oates way. is just fine. Yeah. I heard he like spent all his money on islands and private jets and had to take it easy. John Oates' net worth is $60 million. There you go. He's doing all right. Daryl Hall's net worth? Are you? $70 million. <laughs> Really? Like, why is that fair? <laughs> it's more. Like, what's the diff? Well, who knows? I don't know what John Oates did. I'm I'm not ver versed. Do you, we should look it up sometime. Let the people know if he was a heavy contribution. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. Do you, here, this is shocking because I just googled what? net worth. Bruce Springsteen is worth eighty million. Yeah, those are all bullshit, those things. But so John Oates is worth 60 and Bruce Springsteen's only worth 80? Yeah, it seems like Bruce Springsteen made 80 like last year. Yeah. Hall and Oates right? sold 40 million records. Where's Oates getting that dough? Jo What's that about? He's a producer. Yeah, right. Producing. Producing, like, what? that's what they say, producing, but if he's getting $60 million. 
Oh, you see, maybe producing Colombian cocaine. <laughs> mm. Oh, here we go. Oh, you got it. Daryl and I knew we were going to be musicians for the rest of our lives, and the only way for us to be musicians for the rest of our lives was to keep our s together. But the band yeah. suffered their own issues in the form of money mismanagement. John O says he slept with thousands of women. <laughs> thousands. What does that have to do with anything? I'm sure it was thousands. I've lost track. But, and then what, he spent all the money doing that? As for how he did it, he explained, if you don't live through the 70s and 80s, if you weren't a rock star during that time, there's no way you can comprehend what it was like. There were no cell phones and people taking pictures of everything you did. There was no social media. It was much more innocent. I used to meet girls in various towns and saw, sort of have a relationship. I might see them and then see them six months later. So he had the big Rolodex coming through town yep. styles. Oates says he never had a drug problem. Coke was ubiquitous. Daryl and I had our, never had our issues with it. Because we never did it. I tried it back in the studio 54 days, and it made me feel so uncomfortable that I couldn't do it. It just wasn't my thing. He just liked to just pound. Yeah. That was his thing. Yeah. Sore. Sore back from the bang and on the reg. Wow. <laughs> Oates put up some big numbers. He did. He had thousands of women, he <laughs> said. Thousands. Not thousand. Part of his fresh start was shaving off the mustache, which felt like shedding my skin metaphorically. I wanted to be a different person. I didn't want to be the 80s guy with a giant mustache. Can you imagine the moment looking in the mirror, like watching that? Him like crying when he shaved it off. He probably did cry. And it's like, no, I know, but it's like... And it's like, oh, I gotta shed this thing of where I pounded fucking 4,000 women and Went around the world five times with a jet. Like, oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. Do you think Oats was the consolation prize? <laughs> no, he was. It's Hall and Oats, man. I know, but do you think most people were like Hall? No, okay, maybe. Oats. Sure, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, but still, doesn't matter. <laughs> It's, I don't know. Well, I guess because Daryl Hall is pretty fancy looking with the big hairdo and all that, and he's all tall, right? Yeah, Oates is just a little guy. <laughs> How tall do you I think Oates you, is? I bet you it was probably like a combo deal, but if they were that crazy. What do you mean? Like backstage, it was just doesn't matter. Come on in. Oh, what a sin. Yeah. Oh, what a sin. Oh, dear. When it's like normal like that and it's no big deal and it's like, that's what it's like. Like, there's, oh. you go in the door and it's happening all the time. Guess like, how tall no, like... Oates is, though. Guess. 5'4? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess how tall Hall is. 6'2? <laughs> 6'1. Six, 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 <laughs> it's like Simon and Garfunkel yeah. all over again, right? For sure. <laughs> Except it's like the flip-flop on like how the popularity worked. Guess how tall right? Paul Simon is. 5'4". Five, 5'3". Five, 
Yeah, he's tiny, man. Holy shit. And guess how tall Edie Brickell is? <laughs> oh, 5'11? Five 5'9. Five Holy shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. We're having fun today. We're having fun. Um, We're having good times. These uh, heights are interesting. Super Bowl Sunday, yeah, of like what combos? Yeah, artists. Um, Art Garfunkel's five nine. That's it. Yeah, it looks like he was five fifty, like six foot five. I know. Standing next to him. Well, next to that tiny little mask. I'm gonna Google short celebrities. I think yeah. Okay, how about this game? You gotta tell me. If you think they're tall or not, and we look it up. You're looking it up. You're good at it. So Lionel Richie, I got a feeling that he's like kind of tall, probably six over six feet. I think he's over six feet too. So let's see. Um, Lionel Richie height. <laughs> Lionel Richie is five eleven. Oh, okay. There you go. Respectable height. There are a lot of Can't celebrity be. women who are under 5'2". <laughs> There's a lot of celebrity men under 5'2". No. Sure. Isn't Prince like 4'9 or something? Um, Prince was really short. Lady Gaga, uh, Kristen Bell, and the Olsen twins. Billy Joel. Bindi Irwin is 4'11". <clears throat> Wow, this is Billy, crazy. Billy Joel is little. And sometimes they'll bump it up for the wiki. Like they're like 5'1", but they put them at like 5'7". Yeah, with uh, like platforms in, on. Yeah, like wrestling height. Like Vince McMahon just inflating everything. This is fascinating. Jennifer Love Hewitt is 5'2". Okay, pick other celebrities. It's fun. Billy Joel. I'm saying he's like under five foot five. Okay, I, I'm gonna say Bill, Billy Joel's five seven. Ooh, no, you're right. He's probably shorter than that. <laughs> Billy Joel is five five. Oh yeah. How tall do you think Elton That's John the... is? It's five six. Five eight. Man, that, that see, I don't think that's true. I think he's lying about that one. How tall do you think Eddie Vedder is? I've, I've stood next to him. <laughs> and I think he's probably my height. Five, nine and a half. He's five, seven. He is five, seven? Kurt Cobain was five, nine. I'm only five, nine and a half. Are you? Yeah. What are you, five, eleven? Yeah. Yeah. Five, nine and a half, really? Yeah. And a half. I really hang on to that half. Fair enough. <laughs> How tall is Dave Grohl? I think he's probably like your height, probably. Yeah, he's six feet. Chris Novoselic is crazy tall. Six, seven. Chris Novoselic. Oh, see, Modern Love has uh, more Stevie Ray Vaughan vibes. Was that 83? Yeah. I remember, uh, 
we already played the other one from this record. Let's Dance. This is Modern Love. Great song. David Bowie, he was uh, five seven probably, right? Stand Maybe by. Taller. Five ten. Five ten, man. <clears throat> How about? Uh, <laughs> like you got someone you think is we? Like you and McGregor. What do you have for him? Five. Eight? No, five ten. Five ten. Could be sneaky. Five ten. Yeah, five yeah. ten. Had to change it. What about I don't know why this is so interesting to me. <laughs> uh who else he got? Who... How about How tall's Rain? I think he's five ten. Stand by. Yeah, I think I think it's five ten. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Who's surprisingly tall? What do you mean surprisingly? Like tall? who have you met that you're like that guy's tall? Uh. Well, like we say, the Arkells are all tall. Yeah, they are. With the exception of Tony and Mike. They are. Oh, man. Tim's tall, tall and Max is tall. Tim's very tall. I think Tim's 6'4". Is he really? Yeah. The Rock is 6'5". Is he? Brad Garrett is 6'8". Man. Jeff Goldblum 6'4". Vince Vaughn is 6'5". Tallest person I think I ever met was Randy Johnson. He's 6'11". No way. Yeah. He came on our tour bus and he's like bending down like he's a giant. Ben Affleck is 6'4". Adele's 5'9". <laughs> You're just crushing it. I don't know why this is so what interesting. About, what about uh, Steve Perry from uh, Journey? I would think he's What's like 6'2". Really? I'm going to say 5'10". Five, 5'7". Five, oh, see? Sneaky gone. little guy. He's little. See, all the singers are little, like Axl Rose. He's like 5'7". Is he? Yeah. Isn't he? Stand by. He's little. He's little. 5'9". There you go. I bet you that's inflated. You think he's shorter than that? I feel like he's shorter than any vetter, but yeah. How tall Slash? You know who's tiny? Who? Is all of ACDC. <laughs> they were all Oh, little. are they? Like little, super small, yeah. Tiny little maps? Tiny little maps. I was at uh, Aww. Tojo's in uh, Vancouver, sushi place. And they were all in there, and I was like, I couldn't believe how small they were. Angus and Malcolm Young, 5'2 and 5'3. Yeah, see? Wow, that's, that's Lil Maff. That's like bordering on, you know. Lil Maff. Yeah. Bordering on Lil Maff. Chatting, bud. <laughs> oh, that's it? That's that? That's it. Okay, yeah. That's it. Bye. <laughs>
Bye now. <laughs>